Let's get ready to grumble! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Royal Grumble podcast. Uh, I'm Daryl. Uh, sat across the ring from me is uh, Dan. Say hello, Dan. Hello. And uh, if you're a new listener, we usually have somebody else that does this a lot better than me. It's Graham, <laughs> but uh, he's uh, having a little cry at home in here because England won at football. <laughs> because, listeners, I don't know if you're aware, because if you don't like football, you won't know. But um, like, all I want to tell you is... Is it's coming home? It's coming <laughs> home. It's coming. Football's coming home. Yeah, but uh, Graham's not a fan of England, is he? No. But then again, he might be able to. You know, when they do the uh, open bus tour and everything, Graham could go to that. And because we are going to win World Cup, aren't we? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. We've only got to beat Sweden, haven't we? Beat Sweden, and then. Uh, if you listen to this now, we've already beat Sweden. And then the winners of Russia, Croatia. Yeah. Huh. No problem. And as long as we don't get nerve agented up and everything, then we're fine. Fruit at final against probably the winner of Brazil, um, Belgium. Because I think whoever wins that match will be the winner of uh, France-Uruguay. We're dating when we're recording this. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care because it's coming home. It's coming. Well, we couldn't record on the game night, especially we're considering football's coming home, so we want to make sure we yeah. remember it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, everyone of a certain age remembers where they were when we legitimately beat Germany in the final. <laughs> Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, ball cross line and, you know, yeah. they think it's all over. There were no VAR then. No, didn't no. need it. Everyone knew it was a goal. Yeah. They thought it was over. It was now. <laughs> it was then. Yeah. It is now. Yeah. yeah. It's been a long day. <laughs> uh, talking of long days, you went to Strong Style Evolved. That were a long weekend, weren't it? It was a long weekend. Yeah. It actually started the day before. I went to Fight Club Pro. I hence, the, I hence, the lo- hence the long weekend. Yeah, I went to Fight Club Pro and it was a very good show. Um even though I, I keep dubbing it Fight Club Pro, the darkest timeline. Why? Uh, so the show was kind of built around the fact that um, Chris Brooks and Kid Lycos were going to make their tag team return on this show. And Martin Zaki, the owner, comes out and puts a challenge out for it to be Travis Banks and Aussie Open versus CCK and whoever they chose as their partner, if they could find a friend. And Chris Brooks did the thing saying, you're really predictable. You throw these three against everyone. And especially it's harsh on Aussie Open because they're stuck there back in Trav's shadow. Uh, fear like Aussie Open's got the problem of not being Mustache Mountain, MK McKinnon, or Travis Banks, so they're not one of favourites, so they just kind of used him, whatever. And he goes, well, We've already got a mate. And then Walter came out and brutally attacked everybody. So Walter turns and joined up with CCK. Okay. And then they attack Kyle Walker and injuries, and Kyle Walker, say England. It's because it's football's then, coming home, mate. That's the yeah. thing. Like, uh, what you've got to remember is when football's coming home, like. You just anybody can be referenced as anything. So, yeah. like when we talk about Kane later, which Kane is it? Who knows? <laughs> just a quick mention of that. Did you see that on SmackDown they put up saying "now trending Kane"? Did they really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wrong Kane's. Wrong Kane. <laughs> Not like Kane. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> that really made me laugh. Uh, so yeah, they attacked Kyle Fletcher and injured his knee, and then as they were coming out for the main event. Um, Travis Banks and Mark Davis both told Kyle Fletcher he couldn't compete and sent him back which brought out Jimmy Havoc to team up with him uh, towards the end of the match Kyle Fletcher came out and hit Travis Banks with a steel chair and then turned around and walloped Mark Davis too 
and joined up with the new like CCK Walter thing. And so they're not as the open anymore in Fight Club. Nope. And then at the end of it, cut a promo talking about how Miko Satamura was a pussy. Who's that? Uh, the current Fight Club Pro champion. Okay. Japanese women, re- re- Japanese women's wrestling legend. And Chris Brooks awarded him the Fight Club Pro title that isn't really Chris Brooks's to hand out. But Kyle Fletcher is now going around as the champion. So when Miko comes back, he'll be getting his behind kicked. Okay. Um. So yeah, it was a real breakout weekend for him. And we'll get onto that when we get onto night two. So, uh, so night one, the opening match was Shota Amino versus a mystery opponent. Now, I kept saying, I, I don't mind who the mystery opponent is as long as it's not Michael Elgin. And I, I missed the word there at the beginning of it because I've, I've, I've already put too much money in the swear jar for saying the full like anger name I have for him. But um, it wasn't Michael Elgin, so I was happy. It was the Dominator, <laughs> the great Okan. I've never heard of him, mate. Uh, so it's a young lion called Oka. Uh, he's gone on an excursion now to RevPro. He's going to be there like full-time for the next few months doing his new gimmick, which is kind of half Great Muta, half I don't know what. And Doesn't the UK already have a Dominator? The UK Dominator? Yeah, but this, is, this isn't the UK Dominator, is it? His finish was a second-rope Mongolian chop. Right, I don't know what a Mongolian chop is. Uh, don't demonstrate it on me. Yeah, well, it's you do two chops to either side of the neck. That's a Mongolian chop. Ah, so he jumps off the middle Second rope. Second rope and does it, yeah. Okay. But then he does the Mongolian chop all for his match anyway, so it's just a well, little this is, higher. Yeah, but yeah. this is from a gr- higher angle, and if you've got the higher yeah. ground... Then... So it's a bit underwhelming, but like hindsight, I'll give him the benefit because that was the first time he'd done that gimmick in public, and he's on excursion. This is the bit where he learns. It's kind of like, you know, Premier League club sending out the player on loan to... Berry, yeah, and like, then, so then, then they come back, and then um, they get called up to England squad, and they get took to World Cup, and we're gonna win it, lads! We're gonna <laughs> win World Cup. <laughs> they, they get brought home to make sure football's coming home. Yeah, that's how it works. Uh, match two. Did was... you see Japan in World Cup? What they um, I did? They um, tidied the change room after they lost. Yeah, and wrote uh, wrote thank you in Russian on a note that they left. Yeah, like it was a hotel room. <laughs> it's quite nice, <laughs> and they came so close as well. I would really root him for him. Uh, so, Yujiro Takahashi and Taiji Ishimori versus Aussie Open. You'll be happy to know the Tokyo Print brought women out with him. English women or Japanese women? English women. Where did they find them? I don't know. Okay. But anyway, that, that's all I'm going to mention about that thing. Uh, good match. Um, Bullet Club get the win with that one. Uh, Yujiro Takahashi got... Uh, was it Yujiro Takashi who got the pin? I don't remember. Anyway, next up, Tiger Mask versus David Starr. It was supposed to be for the Cruiserweight title. David Starr announced at the beginning of the match that Tiger Mask hasn't done anything in his career to justify him getting a Cruiserweight title match. That's pretty funny. Legendary wrestler, yeah. <laughs> Tiger Mask. <laughs> so, of course, Tiger Mask beats him <laughs> in 11 minutes to win that one, which will lead on to what happens on night two. A lot of night one, it did feel like the road to night two. Like I, I'll so, if you, so if you bought tickets for night one and couldn't attend night two, then yeah. you you felt a bit short it, it was still a good show, but they definitely built a lot of stuff up for night two, which okay. was already sold out. Uh, match number four. Uh, Suzuki Gun of Taichi, Takeshi, uh, Takeshi, Izuka, and El Desperado defeated Chaos, which was JY, Yano, and... not uh, Toru Yano, yeah, and Gato. Uh, a quick mention of this. So my friend Aiden came to the meet. We went to the meet and greet earlier on in the day, 
and he had previously he was going to buy a combo to meet Izuka. He's somebody he'd never met before. He wanted to meet him. Izuka didn't do the meet and greet because of his character, because he's a psychopath. Okay. Um, he comes like it, he used to get brought out on a leash by Takamichinoku or De- or El Desperado, but he doesn't now. They just let him wander free, but they've put a muzzle on him. Right, which plays into the match because he wears the muzzle until he tries to bite someone in the head and then realizes he can't and starts freaking out until someone jumps in the ring and takes the muzzle off for him so he can bite people again. <laughs> but Suzuki Gun got the win, which is another theme you'll see throughout this weekend. Next up, Yuji Nagata versus Walter. So one of my all-time faves versus one of my current faves, and I just wanted Walter not to kill Yuji Nagata. Yeah, thankfully didn't. This was. Probably the second best match of the night. It was really good. Nagata, for his age, is still ridiculously good and in such great shape. Why has my listing gone? There we go. Um, but yeah, this match was really great. Um, really, really enjoyed it. Next up, Yoshihashi versus Chris Brooks. Good match. It looked like at the end Yoshihashi might have injured Chris Brooks because he wasn't on night two. Uh, he When he hit his finish on him, he pretty much dumped him on the back of his head. And it, it didn't look nice. Uh, Will Ospreay versus Yoshinobu Kanemaru. Kanemaru hasn't tried in a match for a long time, and it felt like he was trying on this one. So that was nice. It was another good match. Will Ospreay got a ridiculous reaction to. Um, and then the main event... Because ta- he's an English boy that's come home. Much like football's coming home. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the main event, uh, the British Tag Team Championships on the line as Minoru Suzuki and Zack Sabre Jr., the guy who's bringing the G1 home yep. to go alongside the World Cup, they're going to have a joint... Uh, open bus parade versus chaos of Kazuchika Okada and Tomohiro Ishii. So the first part to mention about this, Okada has a different entrance attire now. It's a t-shirt, isn't it? Yeah, he came out in a t-shirt with new tights and balloons tied to the back of him. Are you sure this wasn't just house show mode? No, no. like You're like Kenny Omega. He had different music. He had like, he had the intro, but then it went into this like dance remix of it. It was really Do you strange. think they downloaded the wrong song? No, because um, Suzuki had a different entrance as well. He had a more epic version, more epic traditional version of his theme music rather than the rock version he's been using for years. Okay. Um, but they were all like the proper New Japan themes because they, like, they were still branded as New Japan shows even though they had the RevPro logo and the RevPro titles and stuff. So, on to night two, which was the main event, really. Um <laughs> Uh, Suzuki Gun won that match, I should say. Um, so Suzuki Gun stood tall in the night one. Night two, uh, opening match: the Great Okan again versus Dan Duggan. See night before. Eugene why Gata... does Dan Duggan? Oh, because we saw him in progress. Yeah. yeah. I was just saying, why does his name ring a bell? Yeah. Yeah, and he got the he got a Rev Pro Young Lion style entrance. Eugene <laughs> uh, Nagata versus Shota Amino. If you've never seen Eugene Nagata or any of the Angry Dads faction, as we call them, uh, beating up the young boys, it's fun to watch. Because they just beat crap out of him. It's <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's just fun. Uh, third match, Izuka, Kanemaru, and El Desperado versus Toriano, Yoshihashi, and Gedo. So the same match, just with two guys switched out. Uh, Suzuki Gun got the win on that one. Yujiro Takahashi versus Walter. <laughs> How many low blows and roll-ups did you count? Uh, in the Yano match. Uh, he... Oh, no, hang on. Oh. Who, who, who are we talking about? So I, I've moved on now to Yujiro Takahashi versus Walter. Uh, I, co- I confused him with Yano, sorry. Yeah, uh, Yano Not in a racist match. way, I just just commu- confused. He, he did his spots and stuff, yeah. and, uh, but not many roll-ups. Okay. Um, so Tokyo so, Pimp, did he bring out some more ladies? It's same girls from the night before. Okay. 
Yeah, uh, and Walter killed him. Just killed him. Then did he take his women? No, it's not Walter's style, is it? He's, he's all about respect and that. And two girls in bunny masks with their asses out ain't really his thing, I don't think. Mm. Um, considering the night... like I think after night one, he posted the thing on Instagram, a picture of his like his partner saying how much he missed her and stuff. So Yeah, he probably shouldn't take him then, should he? Yeah, probably not. Uh, Will Osprey versus Tai Chi. How was uh, that? It was really good, and Tai Chi got the win over Will Ospreay. Will Ospreay was probably the most over guy on both nights who wasn't a, like a, an actual British guy. Like uh, Okada got the biggest reactions, but Will Ospreay got ridiculous reactions both nights. Well, uh, more just... than Zack Sabre Jr.? Yeah. Okay. But yeah, really good match. Um, tai Chi getting the win, again, to play into the theme that Suzuki Gun are taking over, uh, like they said, at Global Wars last year. They said they were going to come to Ref Pro and take it over like they've done every other company they've been in. And they're on the road here. British Cruiserweight Championship four-way match. David Starr versus Tiger Mask versus Taiji Ishimori versus El Fantasmo. So uh, David Starr started off with a promo again, saying uh, Tiger Mask cheated to win yesterday. Fantasmo cheated to beat me. Um, I don't know why Taiji Ishimori is getting a title shot. Uh, I'm being forced into this. This is ridiculous. Uh, really, really great four-way. Uh, El Fantasmo continues his streak in Rev Pro of looking really great. Uh, David Starr cheats to win and retain the title <laughs> while proclaiming himself the greatest cruiserweight champion ever. Uh, next up, Jay White was supposed to take on Chris Brooks. Chris Brooks w- was unwell, so we got Kyle Fletcher in his place instead. And this was definitely the breakout for Kyle Fletcher. Um, apart from the finish, everything else in this match was perfect. The finish, however, Kyle Fletcher slipped on the top rope and you could see a, he was a bit bummed out about afterwards, but he has no reason to be because he put in a hell of a performance in this match. Like, him and Jay White really put on a great match. Uh, match eight. So this is Jay, Jay White? Yeah. Okay. Because I'm still not sold on Jay White. I really want to buy a Jay White t-shirt, but I couldn't face wearing a shirt that said Knife Pervert. Yeah. <laughs> I think I met a Knife Pervert in Meadowall earlier this week. <laughs> but no, because I, there was this shop in Meadowall, and it had loads of clearance stuff on mm. signage, and I like a bargain. So I went in. Who don't like a bargain? Yeah, exactly. And it, it was all that homeware stuff, and you know, because like... I'm I'm not just a man child like I would do buy buy stuff that's actually useful for my life not just plastic toys. So I went in and they had, they had like it all like had like a big price mm. and I thought oh that's the was price. Oh no, that was the current price. So like it, it, they had this block of knives that were like 100 it said 150 quid and I thought oh they've got to be cheaper than that. Yeah, uh, 150 quid the the deal they used to be 300 quid. Um Which shop were this? It's called House house yeah i, I can't know. remember whereabouts it i always, is. Go I always get out, lost in there yeah, in metal i always go and check out lakeland it's a little expensive but they have cool things like that spiralizer thing where it's like i've got an electric version of it because i talked about how much i loved it someone bought me an electric version of it yeah where it peels your apples for your or potatoes or whatever you just pop it in there yeah uh, the one in lakeland it's 15 pound and you it's like a vice and you just like spin it around oh, that's, it. that sounds i sound like i need it in my life yeah I, i've got the electric one it's yeah. awesome like i don't know where she found it but I, it's cool so i went so like, i was just looking around then i saw saw this I, I consumed quite a lot of pizza and i saw one of them you know them massive blades that they have in pizza shops where they're like curved at the bottom so you can just yeah. cut your pizza in one they had one of them i picked up it with a tenner i was like do you know what i need that in my life yeah. so I picked that up and I'm wandering around the shop just looking at other stuff. And this bloke comes up to me, he's like, Do you want me to demo the knives? <laughs> and I was like, Nah, I'm alright, mate, thanks. I've got somewhere to be. You know what you need for the pizza? Go on. Uh, have you ever seen the pizza scissors? Yeah, the but... ones where it's got like the slice bit on the bottom, so you cut it 
like it, it already portions out the slice sphere and then you cut it and it lifts up the slice sphere. Yeah, but I feel like that's going too far. This, I feel like I'm in control. Whereas that, I feel like yeah. somebody else is making the decision for me how big the slice is. I guess so. I mean, you don't. Have, it's not like the other side's portioned off. It's just so you can pick up the slice after you've cut it. I've made this choice, mate. I've already bought this big blade. I mean, it's, so, it's cool. Yeah, I haven't so, tried my pizza stone yet. Have you not? I've got a stone pizza base thing. Well, you should try it. I'll bring me blade and we can have pizza. No, like a Roman Reigns pizza party. Yeah. So, so, yeah, so he said, do you want to have a look at the knives? I'm like, no, I'm all right, mate. And, uh, and then he went, yeah, but I really like the knives in here. So I checked mm-hmm. to make sure he had a uniform on and he worked there and he weren't just an absolute mental case. And he weren't. He, well, he might have been, but he, he worked there. And so I'm like, look, mate, I just want to pay for this. I'm just going to go tell you, well, we've got Japanese steel and German steel and the differences. He started telling me about the difference with Japanese and German steel. I might go back and buy a block of knives, mate, to be <laughs> honest. <laughs> I, I nearly said something and I know it's wrong. I was like, oh, Japanese steel's folded. But it's not because folded steel isn't strong. I don't know. I know that part. It only because shall I, tell you, shall I tell you what nationality is strong? England! Because we're going <laughs> to win the World Cup. You know, you know whose steel isn't in the World Cup still? Japan. You know who else is steel isn't in the World Cup still? Germany. British steel. Sheffield steel. Half the team's from Sheffield. Sheffield steel is still in the World Cup. Yeah, Maguire, Maguire play, plays, doesn't he? Yeah, Harry yeah. Maguire with his big head. Yeah, Wednesday we night, yeah. He, I know he came up through the Sheffield United youth system, yeah. but he is a Wednesday fan. It's just United <laughs> used to have a better youth system than us. It's fine. Okay, is it fine? Yeah, it's you don't, fine. You don't look very fine. You look a bit angry about it. No, they don't anymore. Okay. Like, we've got all good youth players now because, you know, we've got money in that. But, okay. But then their team finished above us. Shall, so. shall we move on? Yeah, we should stop talking about football and talk about Kazuchika Okada versus Zack Sabre Jr., which was next. And it was... Some people, were, like always with, were saying, oh, Okada in house show mode. I was like, yeah, but Okada's house show mode is still better than 90% of wrestlers full-blown uh, And also, it was a house show. Yeah. It, it, for, for, at least for the Japanese people. Like, like it, it, it weren't a main show. Uh, you got to see Okada stop whinging. Yeah, I, I was just happy to see Okada, and he put on a performance in this match, and Zack Sabre Jr. won. Do you remember when Rob Van Dam came over to Doncaster, and, and, and I met him, met him outside Scrivens in, in town opposite <laughs> yeah. CEX? Yeah. What company were that for? One PW. I don't owe you money, and because uh, I, I didn't work for him at that time anyway, so I definitely don't owe you money. Um, and Rob Van Dam was definitely in house show mode. They booked him against Davey Richards, thinking it was going to be this like five-star classic, and basically Rob Van Dam went, right, I'm going to do Rolling Thunder, I'm going to do that kick-off at apron where I hang you off at guardrail. Mm. I'm going to do five-star frog splash and we're going to go home. Yeah. They were both in it. It was the battle I'm going to point, point on myself a few times as well <laughs> with my thumbs because I like that. Yeah. And he undercharged me. F- he, he underpaid me back for a Red Bull earlier in the day as well. He asked me to give him a Red Bull and I, I got him one. I was like, and Danny went, how much for that? Like, oh, it was two quid. He's like, and Robbie Dam just give me a quid out of his pocket. Like, Right. I weren't going to question To be him. fair, he probably didn't know what he was giving you. Yeah. Uh, to carry on on that topic, Will Ospreay posted after these shows that some uh, idiots in the crowd were paying the Japanese guys with old £5 notes. <laughs> yeah. It's a bit harsh. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, I, I really enjoyed this match. Zack Sabre Jr. got the win after countering the Rainmaker into the European clutch to get the pin. Um a really great match and continuing again Suzuki gun dominating on to the main event Ishii versus Suzuki uh, for the British heavy, for the British heavyweight title yeah that's the proper name for it um, so there was a bit in this match that was really amazing where when they got into a strike battle and if you've watched New Japan you know what Suzuki and Ishii strikes are like yeah Ishii's stone pitbull isn't he yeah 
So the entire he's crowd, like a thumb, isn't he? Yeah, he is like a, he is a human. Yeah. I, chat, I actually had a brief conversation with him. Yeah, he, he was very nice. Yeah, like he looks very stern, but he's very polite and nice and everything. Because uh, they, you know, the New Japan tracksuits I'm obsessed with. Yeah, he brought some with him. They were eighty pounds. How tempted were you? I, kn- I I had the money in my hand. The only right. problem was the biggest size he had was would have been quite snug on me. Uh. And I was like, if the jacket's snug on me, the trousers aren't fitting me. Yeah. So uh, I just bought a Zack Sabre Jr. shirt and said, right. I'm not wearing it today, actually. I thought I was wearing it. I wore it last night. Okay. Um, it's like the Napalm Death shirt, and it says Orienteering with Napalm Death on the bottom. Okay, just for the listeners, just in case you are wondering what Dan's wearing, he's wearing Cody the American Nightmare t-shirt. Yeah, it came in my suplex. Oh, New Japan Europe grab bag. Okay. It's a good shirt to wear around the house. Um. So yeah, there was this bit where they did the striking exchange, and it happened on night one too. But it was even better on night two because it's just those two in the ring, and the entire crowd before the strikes going shh. So the room was silent by the time Suzuki threw a strike, and you could hear it around the thing. And it wasn't him slapping his thigh, his elbow, no. or anything. It was him levering Ishi. <laughs> so we should do the sell like he's gonna fall, and then steady himself, and all the crowd would go shh again, and Ishi would forearm him back. Same thing, no slap in the foot, no slap in the leg as he does it or anything. Just levers Suzuki, Suzuki wobbles a bit, just doing that back and forth. And the noise it was making was just sickening, it, but in the best way. <laughs> it was absolutely brilliant. Um, the big shock came at the end of the match when, uh, on second attempt, Suzuki hits the Gotch pile driver on Ishii and pins him for the title. Meaning Suzuki Gun have taken, o- taken over. They have the tag titles, Suzuki's a champ. Uh, Suzuki going completely do a clean sweep over the weekend, but just before the end of the thing, as Suzuki's celebrating, Ishii's going down the apron, uh, going down the entranceway. When Walter comes out and big boots him and puts his foot on him, and stares down Suzuki. Great, yeah. So we're going to so get Walter versus. Suzuki. They've announced Ishii versus Walter for Summer Sizzler in August, okay. and I'm so gutted for Becky because she can't go. She's away that weekend with family, but I'm going, and I'm going to love it. It's, so oh. it's so it's them two for a number one contendership for Suzuki. And then the winner will face Suzuki probably at Global Wars. So they'll do Walter versus Suzuki, won't they? Yeah. Let's yeah. <laughs> happy. I was going to ask if you're excited, but oh, I can tell yeah. you're excited. Yeah, yeah. that's that's going to Walter and Suzuki. It's nearly my dream match. I'm hoping night one of Global Wars is Suzuki Gun versus Ringkampf, and then night two is a title match. That's my hope. Yeah. I want well, I want Timothy Thatcher and Suzuki in the ring at the same time. Good weekend? Yeah, really great weekend. Um, I didn't spend as much money as I planned to, but at the same time, I did spend a lot of money because also in the queue on Friday, uh, there was a match announcement for IPW, which I haven't been to since we went with 1PW all that time ago. I don't know your money. Once again. Um, they announced for their... That was a fun road trip. It was. It was really fun. <laughs> but they're doing a Tuesday night show where they've now All they've done is they put the poster up. The show is called Hard as Earth. Yeah. Uh, with stars over it and stuff and it's Chris Ridgway versus Timothy Thatcher which is my type of wrestling <laughs> and I instantly bought the most expensive VIP tickets I'm <laughs> thinking just like right oh it's 25 quid for VIP like allocated seat in meet and greet and everything oh, t- two tickets for that I just did that because Suzuki Walter Walter Ishii Timothy Thatcher Chris Ridgway that's all my stuff so wh- when is that that's in September okay it's the Tuesday before progress Okay. Which has reminded me, I need to book that week off in work. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, you, yeah. you've booked all your tickets and you've, uh, you might not have time off work. So, Well, I can go. I, I'll be able to finish work in that, but okay. you know, I'll be tired next day. So um, we you briefly touched on uh, Zack Sabre Jr. bringing the G1 home, much like football's coming home. Yep. Um, so 
do you have a World Cup wall chart, mate? Yeah, and like the advert that shows in between all the games, I filled it in. Because I knew football were coming home, I put England as winning the World Cup and then filled it in from there. Yeah? Yeah. And I suppose if there was, you know, you could put Zack Sabre Jr. there and, like, so, so look at one that really worked, does it? So, so, so would would you would you um would you have a G one wall chart if there were one available? Definitely. Do you think we should do one? Yeah. Funny you should mention that, mate, <laughs> because uh, I don't know if you're aware, but uh, I've spent a bit of time on Photoshop and uh, and I, I might have made one. Good stuff. Yeah. So, um, listeners, if you want to buy it off me, um, off of us, I should say, not I'm not just going to be selling it out of my car boot, like, um. If you if you go to Jack our like a wall chart, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm stood next to a knife pervert. Um, <laughs> um, if you go to our Twitter, which is at Royal Grumble Pod, uh, the pinned tweet will have the link to which to buy the G1 wall chart. Um, we're selling it for two pound within the UK. Uh, that's it. No, no postage cost. Like, I'll cover that for you, lads. I'll do do you do you a solid there. And it's a proper printer. It's not. Yeah, like, it's, it's eight, eight, We're three. not printing it on. We'll, I'll put a picture of it with watermarks on, um, yeah. on the on online, so you can see yeah. it. So you're not buying it blind. But like, um, it's it'll be it's a a a three in size. Basically, it's full color. A so three. Proper printed and everything. Yeah, it's got a nice picture on it that Dan took from yeah. Strong Style Evolved. Yeah. I, I didn't. I, I didn't properly look at the picture in the back of the sample you sent me, but that's cool. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a, it's it's just an arena shot. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, um, and it's it's got basically it's got all the uh, matches with all the dates on. Um, you've place to put all the points, uh, place to fill in the two block winners, and then the place to write in the final winner. Are we also doing something for international people because we can't ship them out internationally? Uh, I've not figured it out, but we we can like we can do some with digital copies for international yeah. people. But we'll 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 we'll, we'll discuss that and we'll tweet yeah. that out as well. But yeah, so two two quid. They're going to be very limited. I'm not mm. just saying that to get you to buy them. I'm saying it because I'm not to be totally honest with you. I'm not forking out a load of money to have them all sat in my my flat doing note. So they'll be very limited. I'm talking like like fifty at max. Yeah. They'll be available, so get them while you can. Should be good. I, I'm looking forward to seeing one in the flesh. Yeah, hopefully having one. I can't stick it to my fridge because I have to like lean down because I've got another counter fridge. But I can put it up. I'll put it next to my TV. Yeah, why not? Yeah, I put it next to my TV so it's there. Cause I, like the previous two years, the G1 ruined my life for a month. <laughs> well, I'm gonna put it next to <laughs> my other wall chart, me my, my, my FIFA World Cup wall chart, and then uh, I can have New Japan. World Cup, and uh, we can compare if Zack Sabre Jr. does equally as good as England. Yeah. Well, he can accrue more points in the group stage, though, can't he? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, talking about British wrestling. Yeah. Um, World of Sport um, tweeted out a trailer, or was yeah. it ITV or World of Sport? One of them. They t- tweeted out a trailer. Same thing. Yeah. Um, for their TV show that um, had a hashtag this July. So. I assume it's... I, I'll be honest, I haven't actually watched the trailer yet. <laughs> okay, so I've so, watched the trailer. Yeah. Um, the feel of the trailer is quite... I got, anyway, personally, a serious, sporty kind of vibe from it. Obviously, we, we've we watched the episode that was on at New Year, and or was it previous New Year? Previous was, New yeah. Year. Yeah, and 
that had a more goofy, cartoony kind of vibe, which I didn't yeah. mind, like, for an ITV show, like, whatever. Mm. So I don't know if they've changed the format up or the trailer just doesn't reflect the TV show. It is a question whether it's proper ITV sport. Have they brought Jim Rosenthal back out? No. I don't know what... Does he do F1 nowadays or something? i got, got or like a clue, motocross right? something. Yeah. I used to like Jim Ro- Rosenthal. He used to be a good... Yeah. Like, intu- his, like, his son uh, is in Friday Night Dinner. Is it? Yeah, oh. Tom, Tom Rosenthal is, is the one that's not from in between us. Okay, I've never watched Friday Night Dinner. All right, not bad. No, it's got the actress from Greenwing in it, I know that much. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we do know some, like who the actual commentators are. Do we? Yeah. I, I didn't know this. Wait, is it the name <laughs> I've wrote in capitals? Is one of them the name I've wrote in block capitals? Yes. All right, let's save that. Let's okay, say that so, one, right. So can we can we say um, just the wrestlers first that have been announced? Yeah, yeah. So they've announced uh, Will Ospreay, Mar- which I'll just say that's lazy, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> Martin Kirby, Joe Hendry, um, Kaylee Ray, British Bulldog Jr. <laughs> and uh, for all you uh, Love Island fans, Adam Maxted. I've still not seen him wrestle in person. No, have you seen him on Love Island? No, I didn't. I didn't watch it then, but I'm enjoying this season. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Do you think an English person is going to win Love Island? Well, yeah. Okay. Can you imagine? Jack and Danny. Can you imagine being one of them lads uh, that's on Love Island and um, you, you've missed probably the best World Cup ever because you've been stuck on an island? Yeah, it'd be a bit annoying, but there's loads of drama going off, so that that's entertainment in itself. Um, it? I, I've already got a plan if I went on Love Island. Just to change it around. Okay. Does your girlfriend know you want? Yeah, I thought like oh, okay. Becky was the one okay. who I was telling. Like, I say girlfriend. Fiance. Fiance. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're gonna get married by um, I don't know Eric Bischoff. Yeah, wrestling related. Uh, <laughs> so if I went on Love Island, I'd go on and I'd be all sweet and stuff. And then once you get close to someone, then you start going. Do you know what the Mandela effect is? And just turn into a complete weirdo is like. So I, I'm here looking for love because the world's going to end in two years and I need to make sure I've got someone because I'm going to be a survivor and I need to repopulate the earth. Right. So just for me own amusement. Oh, so you're going to go to trouble of applying to go on Love Island. I'm too old for Love the, Island Going anyway. through all the auditions, <laughs> getting onto Love Island, finding somebody, getting close to him, and then just when they get close enough, you're like, let's freak him out a bit. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, my opinion of Love Island has changed over the time I've been watching it, because at first I thought they were all idiots, and that's not the word I was using. I was like, oh, it's just, I'm glad that all those idiots are on an island away from me. But now, there's a few of them who are redeemable. Yeah? Yeah, there's a few of them who are all right. Like, Danny Dyer's daughter, she's great. Yeah, and her boyfriend, Alex, he's decent. And then there's Georgina. And generally, like, my group chat has been taken over, like, that I have with a few of my friends. Yeah, I'm, glad I'm not involved in that group chat. No, you're not involved in this one. I've never ever wished for a tsunami before, but all I'm saying is, um, if Jesus is listening, um, <laughs> he's not because we get about forty yeah, listeners. He's, so. he's too busy keeping up his carpentry skills, keeping them sharp. Keep he's keeping you, up Kardashian. You don't hear much about what? his carpentry skills. Like, oh, Jesus. Everyone, yeah, like everyone goes. What did Joseph that were a carpenter? Well, Jesus was as well for a few years, and then there's that whole. Is missing that why period. he made a cross? Did he make his own cross? No. Is that, no. No, no, he did. He Are did you sure it. that Joseph weren't a carpenter? Joseph were a carpenter, but he took up da- his dad's trade, didn't he, until he found oh, out... Oh, were it like Joseph and son? Yeah. And then he found out Joseph weren't his dad. It was God, so he took up, you know, magic in that instead. Okay. You know, take us after his dad. Were Jesus English? Do you think he'd win World Cup? No, nah, he weren't English. Oh. Um, Middle Eastern, actually. Take that, America. <laughs> take that, Donald Trump. 
<laughs> yeah, politics. No song two playing in the background because I haven't plugged in the thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's move back on to World of Sport. Yeah. Um, so Stu Bennett, aka Wade Barrett, he's involved somehow. Yeah, he's the executive. Executive producer? Is no, it? no, they, uh, they were calling him the executive of the show. Uh, oh, yeah, on the trailer, he's got he's in his suit and he's got a microphone, so I assume he's the general manager, the commissioner yeah. kind of thing. I think his last film just came up on Netflix, on uh, Now TV as well, so I'll okay. watch that at some point. He's also got another film coming out that my friend directed. Oh, lovely. Generally called Fanged Up. I'm giving him a quick plug. Can, 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 uh, remind me about that when we get off air. Yeah. Um. So, Cal Val. So Cal Val. Yeah. <laughs> Not part of SoCal Uncensored in Ring of Honor. No, uh, so uh, we'll Cal talk Val. about so we'll talk about Ring of yes. Honor in a minute. But SoCal Val, she's a commentator. Yeah, she does. Works... She live in England. Some I read that somewhere. Yeah, she does a lot of stuff for Fight Network, and she's always at ICW and stuff like that. Is she really? But yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, she she's over here all the time now, isn't she? Yeah. So so SoCal Val's. Co- I've never heard her commentate. I don't know if she's any good. Yeah. And then. Um, this person will steal the show in five seconds. We'll steal the show in four seconds. We'll steal the show in three seconds. Wait there. You'll have to add an extra five seconds because he's a bit bigger nowadays. It'll take him longer to get by the buffet. We'll steal the show in two seconds. <laughs> we'll steal the show in one second. We'll steal the show now. It's Alex Shane. He's <laughs> he... piled on pounds since he came off at Smack, hasn't he? <laughs> I don't know whether we have to cut that because he's not dead. Yet. <laughs> The, the queen will get him like she got Diana. She's not dead yet either, <laughs> is she? <laughs> it's all right. She's English. Football's coming home. It's fine. The world's going to end in two years and the button will be pressed by the lizard people that run Britain. <laughs> Graham is going to be absolutely fuming that we've cut none of that. <laughs> no, I'm not. If I'm he's not gonna... already turned off uh, because we've said football's coming home a record amount of times. <laughs> he never responded to my tweet the other day where he's like, I'm fed up hearing about 1996. And I said, what happened in 96? And put a gif of Gaza's goal against Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Graham. It was a good goal, though. Colin Hendry just looking at the ball goes over his head and Gaza volleys it in. It was beautiful. And that's not even the most entertaining thing Paul Gascoigne's ever done. No. It's when he turned up with some <laughs> fish. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, th- there's more names that we... Back when the t- show was taped, we listed the names, but we're not doing it here. Uh, they're the ones that have anna- they've announced on yeah, Twitter. They, they've announced these yeah. ones so far. Um... It'll be interesting to see it and to s- compare it to the WWE shows again and yeah. see what this means in the landscape again. But it seems like they've they've got a decent roster together. From if people are getting paid, and I'm I'm happy for me. Like looks like we're WWE NXT. Like if people are getting yeah. paid, and it if it if it draws people in to watch British wrestling, if they see Martin Kirby, Will Ospreay, like and Kirby deserves it. Yeah, yeah. Kirby's like brilliant. Kaylee Ray. If they see, uh, thing is right that. I don't know much about this Adam Maxted, right? Mm. But the rest of the names that we've listed, like they're they're, they're all good wrestlers. Like they they all they all all deserve it. it. Uh, Adam Maxted wrestled for Southside in Sheffield last year, and I left the room during his match. Okay, because he was wrestling Bram. Okay, I'm not sure which one's worse, to be honest. Well, Bram or Bram or Adam Maxted. No, um, Adam Maxted's all right by all accounts. Okay, you know he's not like that Billy Bally guy, is he? No, is he called Billy Bally? Uh, I don't know if I've been very racist. Billy something, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? They're him off a big brother, innit? Yeah, and being an idiot and that. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I know what you mean. Now, Adam Max is a sound guy by all accounts. Whereas, oh, fair enough then. Whereas Bram, yeah. you know, Good said, I couldn't have beat up my ex because if I'd have punched her, I'd have killed her. Yeah. 
idiot. Right. Okay. I'm doing really well at not swearing today. I'm really... Well, if we want to talk about uh, women being lesser people, let's talk about Ring of Honor. Yeah. What a link. That's a segue. That's the segue <laughs> right there. We didn't discuss that beforehand. We're, we're just freestyling is what we're doing. So uh, Ring of Honor had a pay-per-view on Friday night. Yeah, it was on Friday night where yeah. the main event was Dalton Castle defending the title against Cody Rhodes and Marty Skrull. Dalton okay. Castle retained. And then they did, did TV tapings the next night and Jay Lethal won the title. Now, before all the stuff news that came out recently... I got told that news, and we were studying Tim Hortons in Altrincham in Manchester. I didn't uh, know they had Tim Hortons over Yeah, neither did I. We were walking around town looking, just having a walk around stuff. I think we were looking for a passport photo place for Aiden. Okay. But uh, we were walking around, and I was like, there's Tim Hortons there. I've always heard about the coffee. Let's go get a coffee. And Aiden was reading the results out to me, uh, and he said, you know who's won the Ring of Honor title? Jay Lethal. And I just turned around and walked out, because that's how I feel about Jay Lethal. Yeah, I don't... Like, I... The match we saw him having Doncaster is genuinely the best match I've ever seen him have. For me, Jay Lethal's one of these where I feel like his time's gone. Like, I don't, he, I, it's not he's not past it as in he should be retired. He's it's just genuinely that, Ring of Honor's Randy Orton. Yeah, he's just not over with me. Like, he's, yeah. he, he's, he's, he's fine. He, yeah, like, I found him entertaining a few years ago, but now I just think, mm, it's just Jay Lethal, isn't it? So anyway, then a thing happened on Monday. Yeah, so Taylor Hendricks uh, was part of... The House the, of Truth. Yeah, I was about to call him the Truth Commission, and then I realised that's a totally <laughs> different thing from a totally yeah, uh, different era. Taylor Hendricks, Kurgan. Yeah. <laughs> Don uh, Callis. <laughs> so um, she's part of the House of Truth. Was Jay Lethal part of the House of Truth? Yeah, he was the champion at the time. Okay, yeah. so... Um, uh, she was doing a Twitter Q&A or something. Yeah. She was just kind of online Q&A and people were asking her about Ring of Honor and stuff like that. And basically, they... Jay Lethal got mentioned and I think some I think she said something a bit negative about him. Yeah. But not what we're about to talk about. She just said, said something like... I think she said something like she was the best one in the House of Truth mm. or something. And then they were like, well, Jay Lethal's just won belts. So how can you say that he's you're better than him? And then... She said that uh, she got removed from Ring of Honor TV or de-pushed or something yeah. because she wouldn't sleep with Jay Lethal. And there's been rumours that Jay Lethal has previous for that already. So... It, with who? Uh, AJ. Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. We've, why, said it, we've said allegedly, yeah, so it's allegedly, fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's why he's not mentioned in her, in her book. Okay. Um, there, there's issues there with him. And... This is another issue, and yeah, I, I was really disgusted by the instant response to her. That well, she's obviously lying and that, and uh, not to go on this rant again. But no, I think yeah, I it's... think with anything like this, you've got to be careful because there is a fifty percent chance she's lying, right? There is. There's fi- no because it, there could be a lie, it could be a truth, right? But the fact she's brought it up. Why would she lie about it? Is my thing. She she don't really gain anything from telling it. Yeah. So she probably isn't. But there's no way we will ever have proof of it. Mm. So I'm not comfortable going. Jay Lethal's a horrible person. Outright because there's no. Do you know where? What's it? Rich. You know Rich Swan. Yeah. Obviously, he had this police report, and mm. there was things happening there. I'm more like, I'm more inclined to say he's a bad person because mm. things have happened to him and with Jay Lethal stuff's come I'm... out about him since we should just say where it's maybe it's not as one sided as it seemed. He's still 
crappy kind yeah. of situation, but yeah. But because it's because you're saying that's not as one sided as what it seems, then mm. like other things might not be as one sided. So let's not say he's a horrible person straight out, but let's just say this is out there. Make your own opinion of it. See, I, I agree with you in a sense, but then there's also that part of me that knows that you know rape's the least prosecuted crime in the world because it's really hard to prove. And sexual assault right, is let, the same let's, thing. Let's I'm not going to say saying it's right. It wasn't, just say she didn't now accuse we, him of rape. Yeah, yeah. she right. did not accuse him of rape. But when it comes to cases like this, I'm more inclined to believe the woman because of how hard it is to come out in these situations, knowing that the moment you say anything, you're instantly labelled. And if this goes under swear jar, fine. Uh, you get instantly labelled slut and all this stuff. And I'm not sure. We'd have yeah. to consult Graham about that. Yeah, and the horror and all this stuff. That's too. Horror isn't the swear. Is it not? Okay. No. Um, but you get you get all this stuff because of just wrestling is it's a male dominated sport and there's definitely more masculinity to it and this whole like you know women were sex objects for years in this business and still are in a sense and it's only just the recent years we've started seeing improvement of it and like you said there's nothing to gain for coming out on this it there's more negatives than positives to come out for it because probably like even though she has said that her lawyers are like working on something at the same time it's difficult to prove and that's why I always think, you know, I'm gonna side with the woman because it takes it, if she's genuine, it takes balls to come out. That's horrible phrasing. <laughs> uh, it it takes a lot of guts to come out, uh, knowing what the response will be. Like look yeah. at what's happened with Moses Malone, who's getting sued by Michael Elgin, or like I'm trying to think, uh, Pollyanna, the British wrestler who ha- who had to retire because she and then she made accusations against someone, and she got all this. There's so many women. Uh, like in and outside of this business who come out against people who treat them badly and just get crapped on for no other reason than that they're a woman and they're not trustworthy. Like, oh, you're probably asking for it. Women are sex objects. And it's that attitude that isn't helping things. We should have had Song 2 playing over this. but uh, well, you, sorry, could add it, you could add it in in post, man. No, I couldn't. Okay. But um, yeah, I, I'm always inclined to side with a woman on these things. I'll let it play out. But at the same time, yeah. More of this stuff. Yeah, just to go back to uh, talk about wrestling rather than issues like that. Yes. Um, I don't understand why they've put belt on Jay Lethal, mate. I'm not this massive Ring of Honor fan, like to be totally honest. But I mean, the I Ring of Honor roster, you could say, is the weakest it's been ever. Yeah, but but the thing is, the night before, they had Marty Skrull and Cody. Mm. For me, a more interesting story would be putting on one of them two and then having them in-fight. Mm. I know New Japan are doing that with Kenny Omega, I know, but... They they clearly can't get Kenny Omega, can they? Every every show, but Marty Skrull and Cody are probably cheaper than Omega. Yeah, actually, something we haven't put on there. More controversy. I don't know if you heard about this. I think you must know about this one. Okay. So the reason they couldn't have Kenny Omega on this show is because he was running his own New Japan show on Friday night. Oh yeah, yeah. Cause it, cause the obviously, because it clashed with your show. That's what, yeah, yeah. The opening dark match featured a guy named Chase and Race, Chase and Race, uh, Chase and Race, or something like that. Okay. Convicted paedophile. Genuinely on the register. Right. Yeah, I, I did hear about this. Yeah, so, and he was against a guy who's been arrested for domestic assault too. So the show, I think, was running conjunction with... It was New Japan slash CEO, but Kenny Omega booked the show. No, no, uh, yeah, no, uh, no, the, the, no. I think the ring, I read somewhere yeah. that the ring that was provided... Omega said to uh, to the people providing the ring, like, you can have a dark match or you can have a match on the show as kind of like yeah. a thank you for providing the ring. 
that doesn't i'm not absolving kenny omega of, oh you can't lay blame on him but he's probably not gonna run a crb check is he no to be honest but like it's it's, it's a case like this where like something like this has to happen for improvements to happen yeah and at least like and I mean, he didn't but he didn't yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm i'm fairly confident that if somebody said to kenny omega before the show that guy's a pedophile he probably wouldn't have got on the show no probably not because you know like I, I just don't think he would have done i don't think that there's I mean, any there, there are cd promoters out there who would go you know it'd be good on this show that pedo yeah but uh, <laughs> shouldn't make light of it but then um, now kenny omega probably isn't one of those people and it it was a genuine mistake on his part and he'll learn from it hopefully uh we're going to progress we bought progress tickets didn't we yes I'm not going to as many progress shows as I normally would because I'm not going to the Manchester ones, but we are going to Sheffield. Yes, 9th of December, I believe. Yes. Yes. So there'll be progressy stuff coming up because also I'm going to the Wembley card. I don't know if you're coming to. Uh, maybe. that It's a maybe a minute. It's looking like a good weekend because uh, Fight Club Pro haven't announced where they're doing night two of Project Mayhem yet. Um. So there's that. There's Pro Wrestling Eve running the night before as well. There's lots of good stuff on that weekend. It's turning into a bit of a like WrestleMania-style weekend, just very small-scale compared to that, obviously. Yeah. One final thing before we go to break. Uh, I don't. Well, I might just want to read the sentence out and we just don't talk about it. Braun Strowman put Kevin Owens in a toilet and pushed it off the stage. A pot potty Yeah. Let's go to break. Yep. Before the renaissance of British wrestling. Before the revolution. Before the progress. There was one. One company who pushed the boundaries. One company on the lips of British wrestling fans. One of the most controversial companies in British wrestling history. One company bringing pro wrestling dream matches to the UK. The Royal Grumble brings to you the in-depth look at the company that brought them together. The company that brought eyes from around the world to a small town in the north of England. One PW, version one, 2005 to 2007. Coming soon. Subscribe now. We do not owe you money. Welcome back. You know that one PW advert? Yeah. Every time I hear it, I remember the fact that after I recorded it, I realised it sounds like Faith No More's Epic. If you remember that song. No, I don't make Can you sing it to me? I'm not going to sing for you. Okay. We haven't got Graham here. We haven't got Graham here to sing the theme tune of this paper. That's right, I'll sing it. Are you ready? Okay. It's coming home. <laughs> it's coming home. It's coming. Football's coming Extreme's home. Extreme's coming home. <laughs> kind of. So it's Extreme Rules 2008 as part of our Let's Relive stuff that happened 10 years ago because it's a little bit better than what's happening now series. <laughs> Is that what we call it? At the moment, it's better still. Yeah. I need to load up my uh, note. Well, I don't have any notes. It's the card because it saves me turning around and reading it. Okay. Um, 
so the card opened uh, with a false count anywhere match between Jeff Hardy and Umanga. Umanga. Yeah. Um. So Jeff Hardy before he went on smack. No, before he got caught for being on smack. Yeah, he, he were on smack. No, he'd already been caught this year. He'd come back and then he probably gets caught again, doesn't he? Yeah, and it's a year before he leaves. Yeah. Um. So yeah, this match was fun. But then I remember it was about as soon as I started going backstage, I remembered why I remembered this match. Big bump in it. Well, not just a big bump, but the fact that despite their best efforts, you can clearly see the giant crash pad they land on. Which, you know, fair play having a crash pad in that situation. But it was really fun how they tried to hide it for so long on the pinfall when Jeff Hardy jumps off the top of a truck onto Umaga with the Swanton Bomb. And they don't show the pinfall actually happening. It's happening behind something. And then when the the camera like goes over and goes, oops, and comes back. And I, I thought maybe they'll have edited it on network. Nope, it's still there in its glory. Go back and watch it. Did you really think they were going to edit that on the network? They edit simpler stuff and like more like less obvious stuff. Like what? I can't think of any examples, but I have noticed edits before. Because the Owen Hart thing's in there in full. So if they're not going to edit that off I mean, you don't see Owen bouncing off a rope's road. Well, no. It's it's just how, how it aired on the show. Yeah. Yeah, but that's in full. So why would they... I mean, they have edited simple stuff. There was a point where they were editing WWF chants and stuff like that. Yeah, but that's for legal reasons, yeah. isn't it? Because like, I think it's anything after 2002, they can't refer to WWF, I think. They can do now because they were doing it on something else to wrestle with. They showed a AJ Styles promo from okay. Velocity, or like a tryout promo, and he says WWF in it quite a bit. That was probably filmed before 2002. But then, like, they used to have to, like, edit out the F. Yeah, they don't anymore, because it was after 2002. Oh, okay. Because that was filmed before 2002, so they were allowed to keep the F in. Okay. After 2002, you have to get the F out. Okay. Yeah. What does the F stand for? France, because they're going to get knocked out of the World Cup and England are going to win it. I thought you were just going to say football, because that's what I thought it stood for. Because <laughs> you know you know about football, though. You know why it's out. Why? Because it's coming home. Yeah, it's coming home, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so well, let's get back to wrestling coming home. Yeah, so uh, if anything, this will like a World Cup final, because it had all big, big players in it. So you've got Big Show, Charvo, Jomo, T- Tomo Dr- Dreamo and CM Punk. <laughs> Tomo uh, Dreamo, is that his yeah. carny name? Yeah. <laughs> uh, in a Singapore cane match. Yeah. On a pole. On four poles. You know what annoyed me about this match? There was something that really oh, annoyed I mean, there me. There must be a lot of things. There was something that really bugged me, apart from Tommy Dreamer's white trousers, which look weird. Yeah, uh, wait, we're black wrestler shirt. fashions. Yeah. Tommy Dreamer's white, white, white trousers look weird. Yeah. Weird black shirt. Yeah. Like, he should have gone full Jimmy Havoc, because if he were going to bleed it match, which... I don't think he did, but someone else did in the match. Big show which I'll did. talk about in a second. Uh, oh, spoilers. Uh, but uh, it's, it's Singapore Kane on a pole match, pretty much. On four poles. Yeah, for the so listeners that poles. haven't w- watched this show from 10 years ago, there's four poles, one on either, each corner, and there's a Singapore Kane dangling from each one. So, the thing that bugged me about this match, normally when something's on a pole, that's the only weapon you're allowed to use, the one on the pole. You're not allowed to use other stuff, because otherwise it'd just be a hardcore match. Okay. And... So everyone rushes up to get these Singapore canes off the post. But then later in the match, Big Show goes underneath the ring and pulls out a bin full of Singapore canes. 
Now, you're telling me Big Show was the only one in that match who knew about that. And if so, why didn't he start the match by letting them, instead of beating him up, he just rolls out of the ring. They all climbing up poles, and he goes under the ring, pulls out his bin, and starts smacking them all with 100 Singapore canes. Right, I'll tell you your issue there, mate, is you're applying logic to an illogical situation. Yeah. I know. But the thing that helped this match, the ending shot of the match of Big Show standing over Tommy Dreamer, pinning him with one foot while holding the Singapore cane up in the air with blood coming down his face was such a great visual. Well, it's because Big Show's the true greatest ECW champion of all time, isn't it? Yeah, he's the greatest ECW champion of all time. And this was that that was that saved the match for me, actually, because I really enjoyed that shot. I like shots like that. That's what that's the thing you remember. That's why that's why they spend so much money on Hollywood writers and producers and stuff to get shots like that. So you remember that instead of silly logical things like a bin full of sticks. Yeah, um, I didn't watch any of the build up to this because sometimes if I, if I've got time before we do the shows, I watch a couple of the shows before yeah. just to get an idea of storylines and stuff. But I can't think why these would all be having a Singapore cane match. ECW, isn't it? Yeah. The Sandman's gone by at this point. Yeah, I guess. Do you remember that time on Raw when it was just before ECW came back? I don't know if it was before it came came back for the first one-night stand Mm. or the second one. And they made Chris Benoit have an Extreme Rules match with Tajiri. It was before the first one. Yeah. That was just weird, weren't it? Yeah. You were both in ECW once. Have an hardcore match. (laughs) That's not how it works, is it? Yeah. No Sinister Minister out there with Tajiri, though. No. Um, so Somebody else sinister out there with Jerry, weren't they? You know, we've told the story before about during one PW, Jason Genesis and Blaze Bentley had a dark match where they they finished the dark match with a top rope pile driver. <laughs> and Mark Sloan, who was in the match after it, had a massive go at him, saying, you've done a top rope pile driver. What are we supposed to do? Do you think as uh, Big Show's walking backstage with blood pouring down his face, JBL and John Cena go, mate, you killed his gimmick. What are you doing? I know it was accidental, but still, they'll be a bit annoyed considering this was a first blood match. Yeah, but there's someone... no need to be annoyed. If you feel yourself getting annoyed, just pop in one of their Mama Joannas. <laughs> oh, we got a few references to that on this show. Yeah. They're in full promotion mode. You know what it made me think of? You know how CM Punk got annoyed on the podcast about how he wanted to have sponsors when he came back? <laughs> yeah. And they said no, and then Brock Lesnar showed up with him. He didn't mention the fact that a year, like a few years previous, JBL was walking around with a sex supplement on his back of his jacket. Oh, Mama Joanna. And having Mike Adam, we'll talk about that yeah. later. But yeah, uh, so first blood, John Cena, JBL. This weren't great. No, it wasn't. Thing is, when John Cena feuded with JBL originally, mm. like back in 05? Yeah, 05. Yeah. They had a good was it a last man standing or an I quit match. It was a good... Last man standing, I think. It was a good, like, street fight style yeah. match. So, watching this now, because obviously I, I don't remember what happened 10 years mm. ago, like, I was like, oh, this could be all right, this, because I know they've had that. Yeah, I had the same feeling, yeah. Yeah, it weren't. No, it weren't a great match. And like I said, the finish kind of got ruined because in the match previously, you've got Big Show getting a good six on the motor scale, and the finish of this first blood match is the good old blood capsule trick as JBL gets put in the STFU um, and choked out with a chain while bleeding from the mouth. Yeah. Do you think he takes Mama Joanna? Because, like, it's not doing him many favours. You don't get high in your own supply. No. No, you don't get high in your own supply. No. I mean, there must have been one time, you know, when he he went to have some paracetamol 
and his cupboard's just full of that stuff and it was dark so he's he's taking some and i think it's repackaged ico pro <laughs> I, i'm not getting much mass apart from one area graham ain't here to do the good impressions i'm no, sorry no um <laughs> but yeah it makes me really vascular in a certain place <laughs> uh beth phoenix versus melina i was gutted during this match in an i quit match I, I was really gutted because I remembered Melina being in an I quit match where the finish was her getting bent over backwards and her own leg battered into the back of her head until she quit. Yeah. And it wasn't this match. But it was still really good. Cause, uh, Can we just have a minute for the photographer that fell over? Yeah. On, the, on Melina's entrance? Oh, yeah. We'll take a minute for that. Yeah. That was good. That was good. Um, but yeah, um, I'm also just thinking about the fact because I follow Melina on Instagram. And she posted the video to prove that she can still do the splits. Um, okay. Yeah, I just thought I'd add that as well. She came back to wrestling after an injury that she suffered in Sheffield uh, recently on a Pride show. Okay. But then, so yeah, at the beginning of this match, I said to my, I said to Becky, my partner, this is what women's wrestling was all this time ago. And it turned out that it was a bad example for me to use that on because this turned out to be a decent match because I remembered, oh, yeah, Melina was good when she was in there with someone decent and Beth Phoenix was really decent. Yeah, so Beth Beth Phoenix is good. And Melina weren't actually one of bad ones. No, no. She were bang average. And like you said, if, if they were a good wrestler in, they'd be able to carry her to a good match, yeah. which sounds like I'm having a go. I'm not actually insulting her. That's just no. honest. That's what I think. That's honest. No, and compared to a lot of the women in the competitive time, these two were probably the better ones. Yeah. And this was a this was a quite good match actually. I really enjoyed it. Best match of the night so far, I think. Yeah. Because uh, that that falls count anywhere match is it's just that one spot at the end. Hmm. And I really hate that first blood match and the Singapore K match was nothing. Yeah. So yeah, probably. yeah. It, the first two matches had good finishes in yeah. terms of the the last shots, and then the first blood match was terrible. Yeah. Right. We we sped through them because uh, this is what I really want to talk about. Uh, to be totally honest, stretcher match: Shawn Michaels yeah. versus Batista. So first off, we get uh, Mick Foley explaining why a stretcher earlier match. in the day, yeah, well. earlier in the day, uh, in an empty arena on a live mic. Yeah, so it's really echoey, which drove me mad, obviously. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and then they had that they had a camera that said, "And this will be the view of the person who loses the match," and it's just a camera staring up at the ceiling, being wheeled over the line. But all you can see is the ceiling and Mick Foley's nostrils. Yeah, I kind of understand what they were going for in this set. Didn't quite work though, did they? No. Yeah. Like, I, I, I do like it when they try and do stuff that's a bit different. So like, I, and, and not stick to the same tired formula. So I, but it, yeah, like I say, it didn't work. And like the, the whole having the live mic thing, I don't understand why he had the mic because there was nobody in the arena. Yeah. It, this was during the period, though, where Mick Foley's pretty close to quitting by this point, isn't he? Because he got fed up of Vince shouting in his ear. Yeah, I I, I didn't have a problem with Foley's performance yeah. during this. I I had a problem with just with the whole idea I of it. I forgot how good a commentator Mick Foley is. Because he can actually sell, like, how brutal a match is and stuff. And, yeah. Like, but in a different way to, like, your Jim Rosses. He's less of a storyteller on the mic than he is someone who you believe him when he says, this is brutal, I've been in this style of match, it sucked. And you're like, yeah, I can believe that because Mick Foley's been through hell and if he's saying it's bad, solid. It, did, 
Did you know if we were doing a 20 years ago thing, we'd be reviewing the King of the Ring where he goes off the top of the cell? Yeah, I've told the story in the podcast before, but I retweeted that and said, I told the story about when I watched it for the first time. I put it on I had video player at McNam's house. So my nan and granddad are sat watching it with me. And Mick Foley gets thrown off the top of hell in the cell. And then they start showing all the replays. And my nan turns around and goes, they're throwing them all off. <laughs> 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 I was laughing so hard it took me a l- it was my mum eventually went moments of replay do you know if we were doing um, 20 years ago Nitro um, it'd be Goldberg Hogan at the Georgia Dome why, why? that that literally happens the, the the day after the King of the Ring the, the King of the, the King of the Ring lobs him off at cage day after that it's um, it's Goldberg Hogan it also had a decent first blood match between uh, Kane and, and uh, Bibbert and Austin. Austin Johnson, Steve Austin, yeah. yeah. The really great one. That was a great ending shot as well when Steve Austin turns around and Earl Hedner sees him and counts the, uh, rings the bell and stuff. And Steve we should have reviewed there. that show, shouldn't we? It's a good show. <laughs> it's a really good show. King anyway, Knight, anyway we, 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 what we're doing is we, we, we've spent time talking about the stuff we didn't want to talk about and then we're talking about something else or we want to talk about the stretcher match. Yeah, let's talk about stretcher match. Yeah, so... Like, you know what else were great on King of Night? Yeah, <laughs> it was the f- Takamichi Noku in that opening six man, and also it was uh, what who would it was too too sexy. What were they called before? Too cool. Too much. Too much. I think versus Al yeah. Snow and Head. Too many. Not and, enough. And the finish was uh, Brian Christopher put a bottle on the bottom of Head and pinned him, and it turned out it was a bottle of Head and Shoulders. <sighs> Why aren't they that creative nowadays? That's brilliant, bro. <laughs> you take the bottle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it probably wear him. The same bro, time, that was a great let's finish. Ha- let's have four Singapore canes, bro. <laughs> you can tell Graves not here for the. I, I don't know why I said that. Big was. Show's dad's casket on a pole match, <laughs> <laughs> and over one pole is just Big Show hanging. At... Big, <laughs> Big Show hanging. Man. Big Boss Man hanging like he did at WrestleMania 15. So the stretch match happened, mate. Yes, <laughs> let's talk about the stretch match because it was actually good. <laughs> At some point before this, um, there's a backstage segment where Randy Orton wants to reunite Evolution, except it wants to be him and Batista taking on DX. I'm quite gutted that didn't happen. Mm. Would you not like to see, bearing in mind, with the benefit of hindsight, we know how good heel Batista is. Would you not have wanted to see heel Orton and heel Batista? But they've been like serious heel Batista, which is fine. He was better. Like The best heel moment was when he quit. When he was in the wheelchair, screaming about how he got screwed out of the title and quits in the ring. that He never, he never got better than that, and he was never better than that previously. Yeah, but what? But like we yeah. know he was a he, oh, yeah. he was good. So, like, I don't know. Like I, I, now, after seeing that segment, I kind of wanted to see see that happen. Yeah, I'd have been up for it. Yeah. Uh, so, partway through this match, Jericho gets involved, doesn't he? Yeah, so this is carrying on from the storyline of Jericho from... Was Backlash, which was the last shot because I didn't do Judgment Day with you guys. No, um, and Shawn Michaels cheated, and that was the thing. And he's like, "I'll do anything to win," and all that stuff. And Batista said, "If I find out he, he cheated, I'll be very annoyed, and I'll I'll really hurt him." And then Shawn Michaels demonstrates the fact he wasn't really hurt, and he's still the baby facing it all. Yeah. <laughs> and so Chris Jericho, who's still sticking up for him in a way, even though he got super kicked, and. Yeah, it's a bit confusing when you think about it, but it was a good storyline. Like, it's hard to explain, but if you watch it, yeah, it's fine. 
yeah. So Batista um, hits, I think, three Batista bombs, I want to say. Yeah, he wrecks him. Yeah. Lobs him on stretcher. And then Jericho is there, like, willing Shawn Michaels on to get off the stretcher. So mm. I think he, get, he gets... I don't know if Jericho pull him off the stretcher. He get he, he don't get off of, on his own accord. I think Jericho yeah. pulls him off the stretcher. So then Batista doesn't go after Jericho, which I don't know if that was going to lead somewhere, but mm. he doesn't go after Jericho. He's just kind of like looking at him and smiling about it, <laughs> which... Well, he said he was going to hurt him. <laughs> yeah. And then um, I think Shawn Michaels has a bit of a comeback. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and then Batista puts him back on stretcher again, goes to wheel him out, and Jericho stands like in front of the stretcher, stop it going over the line, mm. and gets Shawn Michaels off. So then Batista just, oh, I've had enough, stop it! <laughs> and then he goes and gets the steel steps, and then he spine busters him on him, or yeah. power bombs him on him, just spine buster him. Yeah, spine yeah. buster. And then lobs him on the stretcher and just chucks it off the line. Yeah. I really enjoyed this, because I forgot that Batista won it. So it was quite good to see, and... I think a lot of it is it's hindsight again because at the time I probably didn't like Batista that much. He probably bugged no, me. No, because if you think about it, he's coming off that WrestleMania 24 match with Umaga, mm. which wasn't great. No, it wasn't. He's also coming off having like the dominant babyface runs on SmackDown, which I'm not saying they weren't great, but he wasn't booked to be your kind of wrestler, was no, he? No, no. So. Like I can see why you didn't like him that much. Yeah, but looking back in hindsight, Batista were good, weren't he? Yeah, like when it, when he got getting something good to get into, he was good. Yeah, can you can you think how stupid WWE are that that when he watched the Guardians of the Galaxy, they were basically like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> like it's a Marvel film. Like even if you've not, heard, even if it were one of the rubbish ones on Netflix, surely you'd let him do it and promote it. Yeah, and be, do it, do him a favor. Considering they're like, he broke his back for your company, literally. <laughs> Some of the like awful stuff they promote with WWE guys in it. Yeah. And stuff, like, oh dear. Yeah, they, they missed boat on that one. Yeah. But yeah, this was a really great match and it makes me more excited as we go through these pay-per-views that I know that they're going to take a downturn properly. But at the same time, this feud kind of, it stands uh, like well above everything else. Put it this way, if this whole Jericho thing wasn't happening and there was nothing equally as entertaining in its place, we wouldn't be doing 2008. I literally just want to rewatch this Jericho yeah. thing. But then again, there's another few which we come on to later, which I thought was just as good. It's probably not... People don't remember it the same love of, that I do, but there's definitely which, which few. one? Edge and Undertaker. Yeah, yeah, that that is good. But for me, this is Jericho's... It's Jericho's peak. Yeah, it's his, it's his, it's his main event run. Yeah. And it's... In it, for me, he never. He ne- people talk about that festival of friendship and all that. For me, he never gets any better than this. Mm. When he gets the, he gets the world title, and he's. I don't know. He's, there's just something about him. It's like he just uh, something switches in his head, and he's mm. he switches up his whole character, strips himself down, and it is the best period of Jericho. You yeah, Jericho. It's and... his best. It's his best period but it's coming off the back of his worst period. You know, when he returned and he was absolutely cringy. God awful, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, one of the things, a uh, comment from Becky when Chris Jericho comes out, she's like, he's always been kind of, you know, like he thinks he's really cool and he's really not. Like he's, he's always looked like that guy who's like, hey kids. 
Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Well, if you listen to any of his podcasts that he does with any of uh, like Carl Anderson, Luke Gallows, them kind of people, he's always like like getting himself involved and saying, oh, yeah, yeah. And then they, they have their own little characters they do. So then he made his own up uh, on this podcast and tried to get in on it. And I was just like, oh, you well, just ruined it. Let's just say, even to- talking shop. Yeah. 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 It, it genuinely became the worst podcast ever. Yeah. Yeah. All Jericho's Jericho's fault. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so then the next match was a last man standing match. Triple H defeated Randy Orton. Yeah. I hate last man standing matches. I'm wondering, because last man standing matches, they were going through this period, whenever there's a last man standing match, it was always a draw. Yeah. And there's still a part of me now that thinks, maybe this one was going to be a draw to build something else. If Randy Orton didn't take that crazy bump, <laughs> take the Chris Hamrick bump, outside of the ring with no protection, not grabbing onto the rope, and legitimately broke his collarbone, <laughs> and was out for most of the year because of it. Then when he came back, did he have all tattoos? Yeah. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, because the best way to heal a collarbone injury is ink in your skin, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it was an all right match. But like, it was that thing where all the way through it, I forgot that this was the match where he takes the Chris Hamrick bump. If you don't know what I mean with the Chris Hamrick bump, uh, there's a match between him and the one two three kid from an early episode of Raw. And as they're running the ropes, X-Pac trip, like, does a trip on him and he literally jumps through the ropes and doesn't grab onto anything and just like eats crap on the other side <laughs> on the floor. Just no protection. And Randy Orton does that. He goes for an RKO. Triple H like shoves him off and he goes right over the top rope and just slams and breaks his collarbone. Yeah, it's pretty funny, isn't it? Yeah. To be honest. <laughs> no, because at that time, Randy Orton were a bit, bit you know, you know, we didn't really like him that much. Mm, it, that attitude problem, didn't he? Yeah. So but like, then, like, he comes back into it on his short, probably his, like, best heel run into one of his worst matches ever <laughs> against Triple H that I saw live. Yeah. <laughs> at WrestleMania 25. <laughs> but that whole thing of, you know, nearly getting fired for punting Vince and then... Then kissing Stephanie. Yeah, kissing Stephanie while she's knocked out. But then going through the thing where he gets the lawyers and doctors and is like, I've got... What's it called? IED? Was it? An I- he's got an IED. What's an IED? Is that Improvised that... explosive device. No, he's not got one of them. No. No. <laughs> but he's, he's got like uh, something that means he can't control his temper. That's... It was, I mean, it was an initial, I'm sure. Like, yeah. Three initials. I can't remember exactly what it was. I could find it out. But... No, there's no point. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. This was an all right match, and Triple I, d- H- I I disagree. I thought it was all right. It was... For me, last man standing matches are really rubbish because there's no near falls in them. Hmm. The near fall is counting to like eight or nine, and then they stand up, and it's like it's not exciting, is it? It reminds me of that period when New Japan had a count out tease in every match, but never actually did count outs. Whereas now you get one match that does the count out tease and it gets over, but when you have a show full of them and this is like a compressed version of that where it's just lots of counts. Yeah. So yeah, it's it it's hard to keep the drama up. But then again, I was used to like you know the Texas Death match between Vader and Mick and Cactus Jack in WCW. Yeah. Where it's like they had to pin them and then there was a ten count after it. I always really loved those matches and that gimmick. Uh. Yeah. Maybe I don't know. Well, I don't, yeah. If you like, yeah. I don't. I don't think I do to be honest. Um. So in before we talk about the main event, 
I'm not sure where in the card it fell, but it definitely fell after the Cena match. Uh, so we'll just talk about it here because... Um, so there's a backstage segment. Um, Cena and Mickey James are chatting. Yeah. She's uh, basically saying like she wants to go out to meet for a drink with him or something. Yeah, do you want to go out for a drink and then we'll bone type of thing? Yeah. Netflix and chill before yeah. there's Netflix. Yeah, just a uh, casual... Blockbuster and chill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, ca- casually as you do. Yeah. And, uh... Well, there's a lot of funny things about this. And I was explaining this to Becky as we were watching about how John Cena has all these commitment issues nowadays. And the strong rumor was the reason his marriage broke up is because he legitimately had an affair with Mickey James. Yeah. And she was engaged to Kenny Dykstra at the time as well. <laughs> so they genuinely made a storyline out of the fact that these two were knocking boots backstage and that. And then we get the next thing, which is Mike Adamley. Yeah, so Mike Adam Adam lives in Bog. He's not in a portal loo. He's just in a normal loo. No. And uh, it comes out, and uh, it's all smelly in it. Yeah. And then the ba- he's basically saying, yeah, you need this Mama Joanna. <laughs> and then he gives John Cena some Mama Joanna. Now, yeah. are they saying that the side effect of that is it makes you go to the toilet? Yeah. Only if JBL thought about it that way. It's like it, excited about um, his product getting on TV and it being offered to John Cena. Like... Like John Cena at that, well, you know, there were always rumours about steroids. I don't believe them, but you never know. It might have had an, it might have done at some point. It might have had an effect, um, <laughs> allegedly. Uh, so he gets offered this stuff off Mike Adamley. But yeah, to compare it to, like, you know, he's just come out after taking a massive dump. And yeah. It's like, do you want some sex drugs? <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird. It's such a weird segment. <laughs> like, I'll. I'm watching all this through the lens of knowing that we're so we're like on the edge of the PG era, like that's coming. If not, it, it's around here when the PG era properly kicks in. And here's Mike Adamley going, "Yeah, I just took a massive dump. Do you want some drugs, <laughs> John? You make a cute couple. Do you want a boner for longer?" <laughs> it's so weird. And you know Vince, because Vince he loves nothing more than perving. <laughs> <laughs> and poo jokes so he's just sat behind the camera he's probably in the, he's crying so hard it made him blind now <laughs> it's just it's such a thin segment it's so weird it's so out of place between these two intense matches as well let's bring the crowd down mate isn't it yeah bring the you know we've put the women's match on too soon so now we've got to have Mike Adamley stinking out the joint legitimately <laughs> time for the main event yeah so i i've been loving this feud like the whole edge taker thing and here's a thing when edge was a main event back in the day he never felt like a main eventer to me really i don't know why he just never felt like a proper main eventer but then now i watch back and it's like of course he were a main eventer he's he's a top guy whereas yeah. at the time i watched it and was like yeah he, i like edge but he don't feel like a main eventer to me it's same with jericho jericho never felt like a main eventer to me like, the closest came in this period with Shawn Michaels, but he was never a, a proper top guy to me. Yeah. I, f- for this period, I did... Well, when he wins the belt, that, that's when I started seeing him as a top guy. And with Edge, once he moved to SmackDown, because um, obviously he was on Raw for a bit, weren't he? Was it the year previous when he had the feud with John Cena where they switched the belt every two weeks? New Year's Revolution 06, I believe, is when... Oh, so it's that entire year where... Is is when he won the belt via yeah. cash-in. Because it was after the Elimination Chamber. Because yeah. I think the first two New Year's Revolutions were both in Puerto Rico, I think. Were they in Puerto Rico? 
I'm not sure. They were in somewhere, which I'm I'm actually going to look yeah, up. Yeah, um, just said that out loud. But yeah, like I always like think, and until the very last match they had, when John Cena did the weird thing at the end of his match with Edge after he nearly kills him, and he just walks backstage with the title like completely stone faced. I'm like, okay, that's pretty cool. But yeah, Edge never felt like a top guy to me during that time. But watching this feud back now, like yeah, him and Taker are killing it on every show pretty much. I'm I'm really enjoying this feud, and I know where it leads as well. Like, cause this is like. We've now got a break from the feud before we get the big conclusion to it in a few months. But Albany, New York, was the 2006 <laughs> one. Well, <laughs> Puerto Rico was 2005. Okay, yeah, that's it. Like Albany is definitely not in Puerto Rico. No, but Puerto Rico's in Puerto Rico, mate. Yeah, yeah, Puerto Rico's definitely in Puerto Rico. I think. Can you double check that? Yeah, I'll I'll, okay. I'll double check here when I check his test still dead as well, mate. Okay. On Twitter. Um. So yeah, this match was a TLC match for the World Heavyweight Championship. For the vacant World Heavyweight Championship. Yeah, because they did all this weirdness. In between. So It's all to do with... Is, Hell's Gate. Yeah, that submission hold. Yeah, so Taker wins the title via Hell's Gate at Backlash. And then afterwards, Vicky Guerrero says, that move's banned, you can't win the title by it. So we'll have another match for the vacant title. Taker wins, but by disqualification. So Vicky Guerrero goes, you can't win by disqualification. So here we are again. Vacant title, TLC match, Edge of Speciality. Here we go. And if Undertaker lost, yes. he was forced to leave WWE. Yeah, and they were very clear about that. He has to leave all of WWE. And it's the one time, like, everything they do involving... Spoiler, Taker losers. Um, <laughs> all the stuff they do with it makes complete sense. Like, when you think about it, because eventually what happens is the person who brings it back is the person who technically fired him. Yeah. to get revenge and stuff. I don't want to go too much into that because we'll be talking about it in a few months. But, yeah, I really, really love this match. Uh, Edge and Taker were so good together. Absolutely mental. Yeah. Right, so they do that spot where they put the ladder across. Well, it's from the ring apron to the table, but mm. usually it's from the ring apron to the uh, crowd barrier. Yeah. But this point is across the table. And uh, Edge takes a bump and he just hits the ladder and bounces off. They're not yeah. gimmicked to no ladder. No gimmick ladders at this point. No. No, it's just... They didn't care about them as much back then, did they? So they just no. like, yeah, you can bounce off a metal ladder, no problem. Edgeheads get involved. Yeah, Zack Ryder, unrecognisable with his long hair and tights. Yeah, so they um, they set a ta- two tables, don't they? One on top of each other. And uh, try to put Undertaker through him, but he gets off and bat- batters him, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, and then he does the thing. Does he put one of them in the tables and the other one he gives the last ride to from yeah, the tables? Yeah, yeah, that was a cool spot. But you get all the interference and stuff that's typical with an edge match. But it doesn't take away from the match. It's part of the story. It's all great. And eventually, Edge in his specialty match beats the Undertaker and sends him packing. Let's point out the the big spot. Yeah, there's four tables set up outside the ring, two yeah. like on top of each other. And there's a ladder from inside the ring, and Edge tips Undertaker off of it. Taker takes a dive. Like, bearing in mind how messed up he is now, I think he's regretting this looking back. <laughs> like, he hits the top table, and I'm pretty sure that's it. Yeah, and he skims. It, yeah, I think like he skims. A stone skimming the yeah. river, innit? Yeah, and he just smashes onto concrete. No oh. wonder he had he had to leave WWE for a bit. Yeah. Yeah, he. he he took, but then he always did this. Like I, I was just watching something else to wrestle with about Big Evil, and he always does something big to finish off before he takes his time off. 
Oh, I was I was watching that one because I was going to bring up they they talk about the Jeff Hardy ladder match. Yeah, and it uh, Bruce Pritchard says that when he had to go up and tell him you're on a ladder match, he was like, "What am I doing in a ladder match? Mm. Can you imagine them telling him you're in a TLC match and you're taking this massive bump?" <laughs> but yeah, you're always up for taking like. But then they also tell the story about how like is like, "Oh yeah, I'm a bit bit bumped up, but I'll be fine." And then after the match, they find out he's got a hernia or a torn groin, <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, I'm fine." <laughs> But yeah, this was really great. I I really enjoyed this feud and the culmination's coming up in two months. And I'm very much looking forward to watching that match again because yeah, it was this whole thing's been really great. Everyone plays a great part in it, and it, it's going to be kind of its best, isn't it? This type of feud when they when they get it right, they get it really right. Otherwise, we get John Cena JBL in the first blood match with a blood capsule that's that he should have had a drink of water with. You know, around the same time. Uh, I was involved in the booking an angle for a smaller company where Mikey Riot got a beatdown and the match got stopped by the referee and we gave him blood capsules. But we put a bottle of water underneath the ring for him um, and he was supposed to take a swig of water with it so then it looked like blood rather than just thing. But he didn't take the swig of water because like stuff getting carried away in the match. So he puts them into his mouth when he's got dry mouth and he just gets this like red thick goop like JBL did. Uh. So yeah, I've seen that one before. It was, uh, oh, what's his name? Jesus from One PW Academy. I don't know anybody. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, he was the guy who beat him down. He's now Radu Ballot. Uh, Radu Ballot, is it? Boop, in boop. EBW. Yeah, in EBW. Yeah. But yeah, it was him who beat him down at the behest of our good friend Chris Brammer, who has been on the show before. <laughs> EB, uh, not EBW. Uh, what was the company called? NWL. Yeah. yeah. I, I was helping book there. That was the last show I, I was involved with for him. Right. Are we done? Yeah, we've we've tied that one up pretty quickly. Yeah. So, um, just a reminder: if you want a G one wall chart, check us pinned tweet. Yeah. At Rogue Rumble Pod, uh, there'll be a picture of it up there. There'll be a link to buy it. It's two pound, free shipping. Um. We will be doing summit next week. Have we decided yet? Uh, we haven't decided yet, but we've got time to figure it out. Um. It, it, we'll probably post on Twitter or something. Put it like this it. way. Next Sunday is the World Cup final, which yeah. England will be in. So, uh, I, I think if all three of us are back recording, we'll have a bigger show. If it's just me and you, I could suggest maybe we do a, G, a G1 preview show. Yeah, we'll 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 see what plays out. Yeah, I think if Graham's here, we'll do something different. But if it's just me and you, then we probably get away with doing Quick thing to preview. end on. Do you know who was on the poster uh, for this show but wasn't actually on the show? I do because when I got the results on my phone to remind me what had happened on this show, I saw it. Who was it? It was England hero, Kane. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening, listeners. We'll see you next time. Say goodbye, Dan. (laughs) Goodbye. We need to do his plugs. That was a good way uh, to finish, but we do uh, need to do the plugs. So, if uh, you want, play that in background, and I'll do the plugs. Okay. Right. So, in celebration of football coming home, why don't you talk about it more with us? Go to facebookcom Grumble. Go to we're on Twitter at Royal Grumble Pod. Uh, we're on Instagram at Royal Grumble Pod as well. You can email us at Royal Grumble. What is it? Royal Grumble at Gmail. Royal Grumble Pod at Gmail.com. Yeah, I should remember that. I hear it every single week. Leave us a rate and review. We're still doing the thing over the next few weeks. Leave us a review. If you leave us a good review, we'll put your name into a hat and you can win a 
sealed Roman Reigns pop vinyl figure. Um, what else? We've got twitch.tv slash Royal Grumble. We'll be doing more stuff on there in the next coming weeks. G1 posters. G1's coming up. World Cup's still happening. Football's coming home. The G1's coming home. We can dance Nobby's dance. We can dance it in France. Yeah. Goodbye, Daryl. <laughs>